The Heat Wave Sports Show is owned and produced by Tim Unglesby. All opinions expressed by the host or guests are their own and are not endorsed by either radio station KRLV Management or any of their advertisers. Are you ready? Now back to Heat Wave Sports. All right, guys, hour number two, Heat Wave Sports. Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com here. We're talking a little NFL this hour, but ladies and gentlemen, I was just handing USC the win. That was it. It's a chip shot field goal. What are they doing? No problem. Missed. He missed the field goal. USC, Arizona going into OT. And I will absolutely keep you up to date on this one. 5-0 USC. Sitting here uh, at home struggling all kinds of struggles with Arizona. And a missed field goal. They worked it down to the six-yard line. Um, They ran the ball. It was a fumble by Caleb Williams, but he jumped on top of it. So, they, they I mean, they kicked this from like the eight-yard line. This is an extra point, guys. Now, Arizona missed a kick on their side, a 50-yarder. Uh, they, they could have really effectively won the game. Caleb Williams went right down the field. Got them in a position. It's not his fault, right? I mean, Williams isn't having a great game, but it was not his fault. Chip shot. Chip shot. Field goal missed. And USC is sitting in a position here where where they are just watching their entire season dangle in the balance. Because I don't think that you can... I don't think you could lose a game this year. I really don't. I I mean, I'm in a spot where I I don't know if you could lose a game. And you certainly can't lose a game at home. And you certainly can't lose a game to an unranked team at home. You just can't do that. I think USC's season hangs in the balance as we go to overtime. All right, we're going to talk a little NFL this hour. Guys, go check me out at TomBartonSports.com. 3-0 last week in the NFL on the season, 11-5. and I am absolutely crushing it. Our best bets are still to come here. Uh, the Timmy Teaser is doing absolutely fantastic two weeks in a row. Uh, Chris Wynn, 2-0. I'm 3-1 and on my free plays. Try to get cute on my one loss. So, you guys are listening to us. You're making money. It's that simple. Let's go through some of the games. We do have a game in London. I I sat down with Rob Mish when the schedules came out. Our buddy of the show. And I said, Rob, I said, one game to circle on your calendar here. The Jaguars are going to be getting probably about a touchdown or more against the Bills. They're going to stay in London. Jaguars played in London last week. And the Jags are used to playing in London, but they, they they stayed there. So the travel is going to help them. And I circled that as one of my games. Well, the line is only five and a half. Buffalo comes in as right now looking like the most dominant team in the AFC. I still give the most dominant team in, in football to San Francisco, but the most dominant team in the AFC is Buffalo. They dismantled and absolutely scored at will on Miami last week. I've told you guys about this Buffalo team. They were my Super Bowl pick before the year. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that finally their defense was finally healthy. That's what I like. The defense was finally healthy. Well, Tredavious White goes down. This is a big loss. This is a huge loss for the Buffalo Bills. Jacksonville, meanwhile, sort of underachieving. Jacksonville's 2-2. Two and two. You can forgive them for their loss against the Chiefs. Okay, that happens. You can't really forgive them for their loss against the Texans. They beat up on the Falcons defensively, but offensively still still things were not clicking. 
Offensively, things have not clicked in three games. Trevor Lawrence has not looked uh, that like that guy. But you dig into the stats, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and specifically Calvin Ridley, basically lead the league in drop passes. The Jacksonville Jaguars are getting it done in different ways. They're starting to run the ball. They're trying to play a little bit of defense. You can argue that you know the game against the Texans was very fluky, and it was. It was the most unlucky game of the year, according to uh, a lot of the statistics out there. Blocked field goal. Uh, a fullback ran a, a punt back for a return, you know, those kind of things. This is one of those dangerous spots for the Bills. Big win against Miami, especially bigger, not only it's in conference, but it was at home. It's bigger because Miami's coming off a 70-point drubbing, right? So a huge win emotionally against your rival. Now you have to go fly to London to take on Jacksonville, who is now an underperforming team. There's a little bit of a revenge factor there. I get that. Um... I mean, every metric that you go with here, everything that you say in your head says the Bills should win this game. But I'm looking under the covers here, right? I'm I'm lifting up the hood of this game. What Jacksonville does well can disturb the the Buffalo Bills. That is a lot of ETN. That's a lot of over the middle. It's a lot of slam powders. That could bother them. Trevor Lawrence is due for a breakout game. I don't know if it's against his Bills defense, but he is due for that. And I love the fact that they stayed in London. I love the fact that there's no travel here. The Bills are, by the way, bringing back a lot of guys. It looks like Von Miller's going to play. Uh, but the Tredavious thing, White thing bothers me, and it worries me. If you're a Bills fan, you got to be confident in this game. But from a sports betting perspective, I don't love it. I don't love it at all. Early in the morning... You know, 9.30 Eastern time, 6.30 Vegas time. You don't want to wake up for this game other than to enjoy it because I think it's going to be an enjoyable game. You don't want to wake up and bet this game. No, no, no. This is not a wake up and bet kind of game, right? This is a, okay, let's uh, let's enjoy it, see where Jacksonville is. It's a good litmus test for Jacksonville. That's a good litmus test for Buffalo. Can you bounce back and become kind of that dominant team? Look, they lost one game, and let's be honest, it was fluky on that Monday night game. Real quick. Didn't take long. USC in overtime goes right in 35 28. It's going to be Arizona's time to take the ball. Texans, Falcons. I just mentioned what the Texans have done. And the Texans, they're massively impressive. CJ Stroud, we could go over every one of um, the numbers that he's setting and the records that he's setting. Most yards passing, most yards rushing. All of these things are, are just adding up for the first five games or four games of the season. Let's keep going. C.J. Stroud is massively impressive, and he's doing this, oh, by the way, with two backup linemen. His backup left tackle's gone. Now they're starting to get a little bit healthier. I still don't believe in this offensive line. I don't think that they can run the ball. Damian Priest hasn't been able to, to uh, pierce. <laughs> Damian Priest. Uh, yeah, Judgment Day's coming out there. Uh, pierce has not been able to run the ball. I do like Nico Collins. I like Dell. But they're going to get one of them is going to be in a shutdown mode here against uh, this this very good Falcon secondary with Bates re- leading the way. The Falcons are a two point favorite. One thing you have to say about Desmond Ritter, you could tell me that he needs to be benched. You could tell me you don't like him. You could tell me he's holding back this offense. He does not lose in Atlanta. He's never lost in Atlanta as a starting quarterback. And that, it, it's as simple as that. The guy wins. The guy, the guy wins at home, and it is at home. Now I don't like that Atlanta had to come from London and play this game. Again, that travel schedule bothers me. The Texans' defense is very much a defense that you look at and you go, okay, this Texans' defense can be 
definitely scored upon. But what the Falcons do is really one-dimensional. It's Bijan Robinson, it's Tyler Argier. They're going to run it, run it, run it. Kyle Pitts looks like a just a shell of himself out there. We heard about just the great breaking ability on Kyle Pitts and what he can do. Well, yeah, we haven't seen any of that. Okay, we have not seen the breaking ability. We haven't seen the cutting ability. He looks injured. I don't know if Desmond Ritter could throw him the ball anyway. I see a lot of people jumping on the Texans here. Everybody's jumping on the Texans as a small underdog, and I understand why. Look, I'm in a picks league where I have to pick every game every week. Uh, I'm taking the Texans, but I wouldn't actually put real money towards this. The travel is one thing. I like C.J. Stroud. I won't bet against C.J. Stroud the way that he is, but Desmond Ritter at home is, is, is a thing, guys, and I don't believe in this Texans defense. By the way, Arizona right down the field to tie this game up. 35-35. Arizona, they will not go away. The Wildcats are giving fits to USC, ladies and gentlemen. Absolute fits to this team. Panthers, Lions. Talk about being at home. The Detroit Lions love being at home. Jared Goff is just a different animal at home. I mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago when I gave out my free play, the only free play that I lost, I gave out uh, Detroit to score 24 or more points because they had done that in 10 of 11 games going into that game at home. Jared Goff, two or more touchdown passes in 10 of 11 games at home. But he is up against a little bit here in regards to what kind of health he's going to have. St. Brown, it looks like he's probably going to be out of this game. And you look at a guy like St. Brown and you go, okay, how much of a difference maker is he? Yeah, he's he's a pretty huge difference maker, guys. You know, make no mistake about it. He is a big difference maker. Uh, and you start to kind of go down the path of, um, you know, what are they going to be without him? That's a problem. It's a, it's a concern, right? It's a concern. What will this team be without a St. Brown? What will the passing offense be? Jabir Gibbs is also probably out of this. Now, I know he hasn't had the role that a lot of fancy guys have had. That's a problem. Nine and a half point favorites is a big line to cover anyway. But on the other side, you do have Bryce Young on the road. Bryce Young on the road. Hmm. I have no confidence. Okay, Bryce Young in general right now this year has not looked good. Miles Sanders is not doing him any favors. Miles Sanders has not looked good. But what has looked good is the Panthers' defense. Panthers' defenses look real good. They do give up some big plays, and maybe that's a a spot that you can look at a little porter kind of getting open and doing some damage. I think the Lions are going to win this game, but the 9.5 suddenly. I liked them in the beginning of the week. Beginning of the week, this was going to be my play of the week. I like the Lions. But... You take out Gibbs, you take out St. Brown, you take out, by the way, Reynolds is banged up, and all of a sudden you go, what is their game plan going to be? It seems like it's going to be, you know, Montgomery all day, right up the middle, and just Montgomery, Montgomery, Montgomery. That's what it seems like to me. It looks like it's going to be a running game, running games with a big defense being played by the Lions. Carolina's offensive line is not very good, and Bryce Young is going to be just harassed by Aiden Hutchinson all day long. The Detroit Lions can be passed on, but can Bryce Young pass? (laughs) So I like the Lions here, but I don't love laying the points because of the injuries. Would it shock me if Carolina went into Detroit and won this game because Detroit was out of sorts with so many offensive weapons missing? Reynolds banged up, no Jameer Gibbs, and no St. Brown? 
Ah, it wouldn't shock me. And you have a built-in excuse if you're Detroit. Look, we were that banged up. What do you want us to do? You know, look at look look at what we had. We were that 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 messed up. What are we gonna do? I understand it. So I, I don't love the game, but I look at this from a Carolina standpoint. I go, this might be a game that you guys could steal. It's just real hard to ask them to go into the dome where the Lions have been just fantastic recently. Titans, Colts. Here we go again. Uh, that people are just underrating both teams. And the Colts just signed Jonathan Taylor. I don't think he's going to be a big part of the offense here today. We just watched how Josh Jacobs got needed a little slow ramp up. But Jonathan Taylor is in is in uh, play. He's going to get some snaps tomorrow. New three-year contract, $42 million. He's happy as a Colt. Anthony Richardson has shown a lot of running ability. Anthony Richardson has shown a lot of ability to really do a lot of things out there. Uh, but the Colts' defense is not played well. Now, they're opportunistic, sure, but they have not played overly well. The Titans, meanwhile, one of the best run defenses in the league, and I keep calling it a pass-funnel defense. Every week I come out here, I say pass-funnel defense. Well, that means that you can't run on them, but they dare you to throw. Do you trust Richardson throwing the ball? They want to run first and foremost. Moss has been effective in Taylor now and with Richardson. It's just not a good matchup for the Colts, but... Are you laying points here with the Titans on the road in a division game? I don't like doing that. You look at the Titans and you go, I, I don't necessarily have a lot of confidence in Ryan Tannehill, but I like what they're doing with Derrick Henry if he can stay upright. Derrick Henry looked like the old Derrick Henry last week. I wonder if they go back to that or are they going to give him, again, a target share where it was like 60-40 him and Spears. I don't know the mindset of Rabel. Rabel's a better coach than Steichen in this spot, uh, but it is on the road. If this was in Tennessee, I'd be all over Tennessee. I would lay points. It wouldn't matter. They're, they're two and a half point favorite. They'd probably be like five and a half or six point favorite. I wouldn't care. I think Tennessee wins this game if it's in Tennessee. But in the Dome, coming back with the Jonathan Taylor news, even if he's not going to be as effective necessarily there, I think he's going to be the spark for the team. And he's going to be a guy that kind of gets the team pumped up and going. So I don't like to bet against the emotional aspect in that case. Let's go to Giants, Dolphins. Dolphins put up 70 and then watch the Bills put up like 50, right? I mean, that's who they are. The Dolphins defense all year long has been a little bit of a question mark, but they knew that going in. They knew that before this because they tried to sign Jalen Ramsey knowing that they had a problem. Um, they tried to go after a couple of pass rushers and a couple of middle linebackers over the course of the post uh, offseason. They weren't able to do so. And they said, okay, we're just going to rely on our offense. Devin Achan looks absolutely explosive. Mostert looks good. This is a team that just looks fantastic in spots all over the field. Offensively, I know that the Bills kind of shut them down. Uh, I know that the Bills ran all over them and did what they wanted to do offensively. Um, but it is the number one defense, or at least one of the top two or three defenses in the league. No such thing for the Giants. And then this line opened up at nine and a half, and I jumped on it at nine and a half. It's up to 12 and a half. I don't like the jump up, but Miami's back at home after a division game where they got basically humiliated, and now they get the Giants. Giants can't do anything offensively, okay? Even if Saquon Barkley comes back, the Giants cannot do anything offensively. Daniel Jones is just inept back there at this point. And you look at the, the passing options. Are we kidding me? Darren Waller's limping around. Uh, Darius Slayton's your number one guy. They're not even using Hyatt. Forget about that. They're not, they're not even using Jalen Hyatt. So you expect short fields for the Dolphins as well. And then you look at the Giants' defense. 
you have a couple of key names there. Middle linebacking play has been terrible. The, the back end, the safeties and defensive backs. I expect Jalen Waddle to have a huge game. Of course, Tyreek Hill is always in danger of having a, a huge game. But I tend to think that this is going to be a game where Miami gets out to a lead and it's Mostert. Everyone's going to play a Chan who is explosive, but it's going to be one of those games. Yeah, let's give it a Mostert, run it up the middle, drain the clock. Uh, and I do think Miami has their way. The Giants are in a bad way and they're a spiral. And you don't want to go against necessarily Dable, who knows this team in this spot. Uh, but there's no there, there's no other recourse. You, you almost have to go against uh, Dable in this spot. I, there's no way. Absolutely no way you can go out there and you can take the Giants. I don't care how many points you're getting. All right, guys, let's take a quick timeout. Um, I want to give you a scoring update. Arizona goes down the field in the second overtime. They have to go for two here. Arizona goes down the field. They put it in. 41-35. They missed the two-point conversion. So on the other side of this break, Caleb Williams is going to have the ball. He's going to need a touchdown and two-point conversion to win this game, at least a touchdown to tie the game. Keep you up abreast to all of that. All that and more right after this, right here on Heat Wave Sports. Now back to Heat Wave Sports with Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back. Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com here on Heat Wave Sports. USC uh, gets two false start penalties. They overcome it. Caleb Williams brings them down the field, and they run it for 11 yards into the end zone. 41-41, they go for the two-point conversion, and the win, and it fails, and we are going into three overtimes. Arizona is just hanging tough here, man. I am really, really enjoying what I'm watching with Arizona. Hanging in here, 41-41 in the Coliseum against 5-0 USC and Caleb Williams. They are absolutely battling, just battling battling guys this was it this was a 17 14 game at the half it's 41 41 going into going into three overtimes if you had the over in this game by the way uh congratulations there was an in-game over of 70 and a half um right before the half and i jumped on the over i, I, I said man there's gonna be some scoring i never expected this I mean, I got nervous of that going into the fourth quarter. I'll be honest with you. I said, I'm going to need a little overtime. Here we go. A little overtime. Free football. All right, let's get back to the NFL here, guys. Saints, Patriots. Patriots are about one-point favorite. This is a really, really tough game for me. In this spot, Bill Belichick, Foxborough, against a banged-up quarterback in Derek Carr, uh, against an offense that has been struggling to score points, but, but a pretty good defense. I'd be all over the Patriots. But so much has happened in New England. First of all, Christian Gonzalez, who in my opinion was leading the, the charge after the first four games of the defensive MVP uh, and defensive rookie of the year, certainly, is gone. He's out for the season, okay? Uh, Matthew Judon, who is clearly their best player over the last couple of years, is out of this game, out for an extended period of time. They lost their two best defensive players by far. And oh, by the way, Mac Jones was benched last week. So I would be all over the Patriots any other situation. This is Patriots, Patriots, and more Patriots for me. But you lose your two best defensive players, how can I possibly go on it? Look, the Saints have problems themselves. Derek Carr's banged up. There was a chance that Winston would start. We didn't know about it. Kamar is slowly working him back. Um, you know, you, you look at this and you go, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on there with, with, with what's happening uh, in, in Saints land. But they could play defense. 
And right now you look at this and you go, the Patriots are in a spot where they are at home and they should be winning this game. And, and you go, yeah, the Patriots should win this game. But ladies and gentlemen, they're banged up. I, I am not, I would be all, the Patriots would have been one of my teams in the contest. Okay. The Patriots wouldn't have been a team in the contest for me. Instead, I, I think I have to lay off. I don't think you could go near this game. Not with the situation right now with the New England Patriots. I can't lay money with the Saints going on the road and a, and a beat down broke Derek Carr right now. I can't do that. Ravens, Steelers, uh, you look at Pittsburgh getting four and a half in this game. The total is 38. The Ravens are, are right now the best defense in, in the NFL. Right now, they are showing out to be the best defense in the NFL. Their defense statistically uh, maybe be a little bit skewed. By the way, um, they didn't get that extra point. There was a, a problem on the field. They get a chance to, to go for it. USC wins in three overtimes, 43-41. Very exciting game. Very exciting. They, they wind up winning that game, 43-41. Woo! Oh, boy. Survive there. Let's get back to the Ravens real quick here. You look at their defensive numbers and you go, man, they are impressive. They are very impressive defensive numbers, right? Maybe a little fugazi, though. They took on the Texans, C.J. Stroud, very first start ever. Then they took on the Bengals, where Joe Burrow can't walk. Took on a Colts team. And look, the Colts, you can say what you want um, about the Colts. Gardner Minshew. Then they took on a Browns team with Thompson Robinson. So the Ravens have a great defense, but they're taking on backup quarterbacks every week. It's backup quarterback, backup quarterback, backup quarterback. So I don't know what to make of this Ravens defense. They're very good, but... And then the Steelers, you go, Mike Tomlin is an underdog, we know. 80% underdog at home. He doesn't lose an underdog at home. But Kenny Pickett's wearing a knee brace. And Pat Fryermuth is out of this game. And there's all kinds of guys banged up in Pittsburgh. So it kind of goes with the theory here again, where I don't know how good the Ravens are, and the Ravens are defensively because they've been playing kind of skeletons and cupcakes at quarterback. But here comes another one. A banged up Kenny Pickett? Is that skeleton? Is that cupcake? Look, anytime Mike Tomlin's getting points at home, you go, oh, this is going to be close. Last year, both of these games played unders. They were three-point games. But, but Lamar wasn't in any of these games. Now, historically, the Steelers have dominated Lamar. He's made a lot of mistakes. Six games, six interceptions. He doesn't have a good uh, percentage. But it's a different Lamar Jackson, right? It's a different Steelers team. And it certainly is a different defense. So this is a make-or-break game for me for the the idea of the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a spot where you normally win this game, right? This is a spot that you go out there and you almost have to look good in this game. You almost have to be that team uh, that goes out there and, and defends their home. You can lose this game and still be okay, but you want to make that imprint. And usually these games are very close. Usually this game, these games are, are nip and tuck. I just don't know what kind of Kenny Pickett we're going to have. I don't know what this rate may Maybe this Ravens defense is really that good, but they're untested. I mentioned Joe Burrow's bad leg and Joe Burrow's situation. Well, Joe Burrow's going to the desert to take on the Arizona Cardinals, and his team is laying three. T. Higgins probably going to miss this game. He's got fractured ribs. Now, after the game, Jamar Chase was cursing and yelling, I'm always up, I'm always effing open, he says, right? Um, you might be, but Joe Burrow can't get you the ball. 
Joe Burrow right now is the one of the worst percentages in the league at deep ball accuracy because he's hurt. Joe Burrow has continuously played behind since he'd come into the league a bad Bengals offensive line. Joe Mixon looks like he lost a step. He isn't able to run the ball. So you can be as open as you want, Jamar. If he can't get you the ball, he can't get you the ball. And I'm not convinced that Joe Burrow is healthy. Now, Joe Burrow came out this week and said, this is a must win. One in three on the road, must win. And people said, yeah, I'm believing in you, Joe. How healthy is Joe Burrow, guys? Now, I do like the Bengals' defense. I like Hendrickson. I like Wilson. I like what they do over there. But the Cardinals, man, the Cardinals are playing well. There's a lot of guys out there that kind of piled on the Cardinals being the worst team in the league. Well, Dobbs looks good. Michael Wilson looks good. James Conner's playing the best ball of his career. Cardinals look good. And they're at home. And they're catching points here. I don't think that there's anybody out there that can go out and literally put any money on Joe Burrow in the state that he looks right now. And that state is that he looks injured. He looks banged up. He doesn't look like himself. Joe Burrow looks like an absolute shell of what he is. Now, talking to doctors and seeing, they're saying, look, he can wake up and kind of not miraculously recover, but but look great for three hours. And, and he might be he might turn the corner tomorrow. How can you lay your money on that? Against an Arizona team who has given fits to some of the better teams in the league. Don't overlook what they did last week. I know that the score won't show it 35-16. But Arizona was in that game for most of that game. They dropped a touchdown late. To, that would have made it close. Niners put up 14 points in the fourth quarter. That game was a 21-16 game going into the fourth quarter against the Niners, who I just mentioned probably the best team. That was a week after beating the Cowboys. They had a 28-0 lead against the Giants. They should have beaten the Commanders. There's a world here, guys, where the Cardinals are 4-0. The Bengals? I, I mean, what, what have you watched in the Bengals? What have you seen? Three. They put up three points against the Browns on opening day. 24 against the Ravens that, I, I mean... Let's be honest. Is it really 24 against the Ravens? Because a punt return for a touchdown is what they had there. Burrow has one touchdown pass uh, and then a late one uh, late in the game. Against the Rams, they put up 19 points, but we watched that. It was a defensive game. I wasn't afraid of the Bengals offense that night. Were you? No, not at all. And then the Titans, they put up three. The Bengals offense has looked pathetic. I mean, I'm leaning Cardinals here, guys. And man, I, I was the guy that said the Bengals will not make the playoffs this year. When we had other people on this panel say that they're winning the Super Bowl. I said they're not making the playoffs. So I've been against the Bengals. But it's hard to bet against Joe Burrow in a spot like this. A wounded duck, a banged up guy, whatever you want to say. Uh, but I, 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 I lean the Cardinals for sure. Eagles, Rams. This could be fun. Or this could be just an absolute blowout. Matthew Stafford is hobbled and the offensive line is bad. Here comes Philly's offensive line, which without the blitz might be the best offensive line in football. They come after you. They come after you hard. If they could get to Stafford, this game is going to be a blowout. It's going to be a laugh. Okay? But Cooper Cup is back. Puka's doing his thing and Tutu's doing his thing. And the Eagles can give up big passes. The Eagles made Sam Howell uh, look like an effective quarterback last week, giving him 300 yards passing. We know that Stafford, when he's on, can still look fantastic. But you look at what the Eagles defense has done or has not done. Sam Howell put up 31. Kirk Cousins put up 28. Even Mac Jones put up 20. This Eagles defense has not looked good. 
at all. Now, they can look good tomorrow because of that pass rush, but it's on the carpet. It's at home. Stafford gets Cooper Cup and Puka back. I have a feeling that that we're going to see a lot of points here, and the total says it's 50 and a half for a reason. I think the Eagles put up a lot of points because that Rams defense doesn't scare anybody. And I think that the Rams certainly can hang in this thing if they can keep Matthew Stafford upright. Jets, Broncos, Zach Wilson's coming in as a three-point underdog on the road against Russell Wilson and the Broncos. What has anyone seen in Russell Wilson to be a favorite? I mean, yeah, they beat the Bears. uh, Barely. And they needed a furious comeback. They did nothing against the Dolphins. They gave up 70 against the Dolphins, 28 against the Bears, 35 against Washington. And here we go. Here comes the Jets. The inept offense of the Jets that just look good against the Chiefs. They look good against the Chiefs. A Chiefs, very good defense by the Chiefs. And the Jets' defense is certainly very good. I, I mean, if you want a live dog, isn't this screaming live dog to you? Aren't the Jets just screaming live dog? I don't know if I believe that Zach Wilson is back. I don't know if I believe that Zach Wilson, I, I'm stuck up for this kid. I don't know if I'm believing that Zach Wilson is finally back. He's finally that guy. But I do believe that Brees Hall can be that guy. And the Denver Broncos rushing defense is absolutely terrible. Bottom five in the league. Now, we knew that the ramp up for Brees, of Brees Hall was going to be a little while. And that's why they got Dalvin Cook, who has been, by the way, completely ineffective. We knew that. We know that the Jets' offensive line isn't very good. But they finally said this week, Robert Salas said, we're going to kind of take the, the handcuffs off of Brees Hall and let him go. You want to talk about must-win games. This is a must-win for the Broncos and the Jets. You can't fall to one and four and expect to get back into this thing, especially in the divisions that they're at. So if you are Robert Sala and you're in the position of, okay, we have got to run the ball. We have to run the ball very effectively. We have to come after it. We have got to control the clock. If you're Robert Sala and you have to get a win, are you keeping it in Zach Wilson's hands or are you keeping it in Brees Hall? And if they give it to Brees Hall, you know, 20, 25 times a game, don't you have to love the Jets here? I mean, you almost have to love the Jets. I don't believe that that Russell Wilson has done anything. I don't think he's turned any corner. I don't think Russell Wilson is much right now. So I'm looking at this and I'm going, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that the Jets are getting three points. It is on the road, though. And you're taking Zach Wilson on the road. And you're taking Zach Wilson on the road after what he just showed on Monday night. Maybe this line is a little skewed towards, you know, the, the, what we watched and everybody saw right in front of us that, whoa, man, Zach Wilson looks good. Perhaps. Let's go to the last uh, afternoon game. Chiefs, Vikings. Chiefs opened up at five and a half. It's down to three and a half. And a lot of money coming in on, on Minnesota here. I know Minnesota's one and three. I know uh, Sunday night in the Swifties, we all saw the Chiefs were not that effective. Mahomes didn't look great. The offense didn't look great. The defense certainly didn't look great. But really, because don't let what the narrative is fool you into what it really is. Because the Jets, they didn't run all over. They didn't do anything specifically special, did they? No. You look at the Jets' numbers on Sunday night. And what this Jets numbers were, um, yeah, they, they, they did okay, right? 5 of 12 on third down, 336 total yards, 245 passing. None of that is okay. 108 yards rush. You're taking that. You're taking all that if you're the Chiefs. Chiefs defense has been real good this year. They gave up 21 to the Lions, okay, and only two touchdowns. Nine to Jacksonville, 10 to the Bears, and uh, 20 to, to the Jets. Nobody scored more than 21 points on this team. And nobody scored more than two offensive touchdowns on this team. 
I think the Chiefs, Chiefs defense is suddenly the underrated unit out here. We all know what they have in Mahomes, sure. Then you look at the Vikings, and you go, lost to the Bucks. That's a bad loss. Lost to the Eagles, you can handle that. Lost to the Chargers, okay, I guess you can handle that. They played too close with the Panthers. Now you have the Chiefs. It's a different animal. Very different animal here. But it's not like this offense is lighting it up. 17 against the Bucks, 24 against the Chargers, 21 against the Panthers. I think that they're going to have a harder time scoring. Look, I, this, this total set at 53. It's 53 and a half in some spots. And I'm looking at this Chiefs team and saying they are running and they found something really nice with Pachenko. He looks like he's running. He looks like he's running angry out there. They are playing real good defense. Nick Bolton might be back for this when they star middle linebacker. And suddenly, Patrick Mahomes, I'm not telling you that he's playing, uh, you know, Trent Dilfer ball, but suddenly Patrick Mahomes is going, you know what? I don't have to do it all myself. We can drain a little clock. We can play slow because my defense is playing so well. And because the Pachenko is playing so well. This is not a game that the Vikings want to play. I can't find an avenue here for what the Vikings would want to do. What do they want to play here, guys? Do they want to do they want to go gun, gunning for gunning cousins against Mahomes and try to put up 30 points? You're going to lose that. So I think that the, the Vikings come into this and say, okay, we want to keep Mahomes on the sidelines, and we're in a position where we're going to go out here and we're going to try to run the ball, but they have not been able to effectively run the ball. Guys, the Vikings have problems. And the reason why I'm harping on this is it's not because I'm loving KC and I'm not marching the banner for KC tomorrow. What I'm telling you is that this number dropped from five and a half to three and a half and 80 some odd percent of the money, early money, came in on the Vikings. I don't want to hear that sharp money or any of that. Uh, no, no, no. People are betting the Vikings in this spot. I can't find the angle. Chiefs are going to lose eventually. And they're probably going to lose on the road. Right? I mean, that, that's where they're going to lose. Chiefs are going to lose a game this year. They're probably going to lose on the road. And people are starting to circle this. This looks like the game. I just don't have... Look, I have faith in Kirk Cousins. I have faith in Justin Jefferson. Outside of that, the offensive line is a problem. Jordan Addison does not look good. They cannot run the football. And their defense has taken a while to kind of get that new defensive coordinator mindset. It doesn't look good. Minnesota's not going out of here. And winning a 45-41 shootout. They're just not going to do that. You're not out shooting Patrick Mahomes. They're going to have to win a low-scoring game. I don't think that their defense is prepared for a low-scoring game. All right, guys. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we're going to talk defense. Because we have the Sunday night football game. Cowboys, Niners. You could argue the two best defenses in the NFL going head-to-head. Maybe the MVP and Christian McCaffrey out there as well. We'll talk about all that and more right after this, right here on Heat Wave Sports. Now back to Heat Wave Sports with Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back. Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com here. We're going through every game in the NFL. And I have to tell you guys, we have a real treat for the Sunday night game. It's not often that I'm going to sit back and just uh, absolutely applaud the NFL <laughs> schedule makers. I usually have an issue with it, right? But I like tomorrow. Look, we got an early breakfast game, very breakfast game. Um, then we have a nice slate of games where you know, a couple of rivalry games, you know, like Raven Steelers and whatnot. Uh, three games that all have some sort of intrigue at, the late hour, and then Niners, Cowboys at night, guys. A lot of people think that there's the NFC Championship game. And we could go through the history of what this is and 
the Aikmans and the Youngs and the, you know, the cowboy teams where Sanders is on one team and then Sanders is on the other team and all of that. And you're going to see all of that shoved in your face tomorrow. But the, the definition of over the last two or three years here, going to this year of best defenses in the NFL, here they are. I mean, you could throw the Bills in every now and then. You can throw Pittsburgh in every now and then. There's one, one or two teams that kind of jump in. But it's consistently been Cowboys Niners. Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa. I mean, it has consistently been these guys, right? Niners, Cowboys, back and forth. Here we go. And you start to look at the big picture. And the big picture here is the NFC is a pretty weak conference. You look at the South and you go, is there anybody that really believes that any of these teams are actually going anywhere? No, right? They're not doing anything big. And I think that you could maybe, maybe want to throw the Lions in there. So maybe you have the Lions, still the Lions. I still have them. One, I, and I, I know for a fact my my Lion uh, friends out there, Brian Feldman and Chris Wynn, will be the first ones to jump out up and down and say, no, the Lions are not a Super Bowl contender because they haven't won a, a playoff game in, in 50 years or whatever. Okay, so it's Philly, Dallas, San Fran. I mean, that, that's really what it is. So you got the two big boys going up against each other here. Niners are at home. Niners three and a half point favorite. Niners have been extremely impressive this year. They are one of the more impressive teams, if not the most impressive team. But again, I go back and I kind of poke holes in them, almost like I poked holes in the Ravens. Yes, they beat up on a Steelers team and Kenny Pickett. Yes, they beat on the, uh, up on the Rams. Ah, uh, You know what? I mean, Stafford's good, but that was a... a a bad Rams team at that point in the season. Stafford was missing some offensive linemen late in that game. Yeah, they beat up on the Giants, Daniel Jones. Yeah, they won against the Cardinals. And you look at, at, at Dobbs. They haven't really gone up against a quarterback yet that can look like, or an offense, I should say, because the Rams have Stafford, but they're one-dimensional. That looks like this Cowboys team. This could be Pollard. This could be Prescott. This could go out there, and this could be a, a number of players. Hey, look at Dallas. A lot of the same thing. Dallas, oh, man, they look good. Dallas looks good. Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and Dobbs. They haven't played a quarterback yet either. So I think a lot of this game is going to come down to the idea of, hold on a second, uh, what are we really looking at? We're looking at two defenses that statistically – look really good. Two defenses that when you break it down, up and down the lineup, they 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 look like they're on fire. But they haven't played anybody. Brock Purdy doesn't lose. Dak Prescott and, and Pollard give a second dimension to this team and they got to go up against each other's defense. Suddenly I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm looking at it from a different perspective. I think this is a, a knock them down, drag them out, great battle that we have in front of us tomorrow. I, this is going to be one of the better games on the schedule for the year. I think this is a very good scheduled game for the year. We're going to know a lot. As much as we can know in week five, we're going to know a lot about the hierarchy in the NFC, especially with Philly not being necessarily, quote-unquote, impressive wins. But I also think that both of these defenses are getting the first test of the season. This is bo They're both finally getting a test at this point in the year. And at this point in the year, those tests... Yeah, here we go. Brock Purdy gives him a test. Christian McCaffrey gives him a test. Pollard gives him a test. Dak Prescott gives him a test. 
the instinct is going to be to jump on San Francisco because they're at home, but they got to lay the hook, right? You got to lay the hook there. And the, the obvious is going to be, okay, let's go to the under. Everyone's going to jump on the under. 45, and like I said, are their defensive numbers a little fraudulent? Can they be a little fraudulent? Uh, they, they certainly might be. So I think we got to drag them out. Just a great battle here. But it's not one that I'm particularly jumping at the bit and chopping at the bit to go jump on. It's not one that I'm looking at and I'm saying, oh, yeah, I got to take one of these two teams. This is a Sunday night battle for the fans, not for the sports better. Okay? Um, we're going to get into our best bet in a moment. But it's not one that you want to bet. You want to find some prop plays? Want to go out there and, and have a little fun with it? Yeah, sure. But this is a, a litmus test. Learn from this game more than anything else. If you're asking me, I, I have to lean the home team. It's prime time, home team. Brock Purdy doesn't lose. Uh, but I could certainly see Dallas winning this game. I could certainly see uh, you know, Dak Prescott and Pollard specifically having a big game here. Absolutely. Should be a really good one. And we're gonna get we're gonna get the matchup that I think we all want at this point in the season. There's you know, last week it was Bill's Dolphins. Didn't really turn out to be what a lot of us wanted. I think we're gonna get a matchup. I think this is a one possession game for most of the game. Might not be a three-point game, but I think it's a one possession game for most of the game. Nip and tuck, back and forth type of battle. All right, guys. It's time for our best bets. Let's get into our best bets now. Like I said, I'm three and one on the year. We have a couple of listeners that that are keeping pace with me. Chris is two and two. Timmy Teaser is two and two. So let's go and start it off. Chris Wynn, who two weeks ago said the Dolphins are going to absolutely blow him out last week. Another nice, easy win. Uh, after getting out to an 0-2 start, he is evened it at 2-2. Two two. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Wynn is going against your Las Vegas Raiders, which we will preview tomorrow night. He's taking Green Bay on the money line, and I quote, against the garbage Raiders. Oh, boy, Chris is piling on. That'll be an interesting game if Garoppolo does come back. We're not sure of his status. So, Chris Wynn, he's on Green Bay money line in that game. The Timmy teaser has been red hot for two weeks in a row here. Tim's got the Lions in a two-game teaser here, guys. He's got the Lions minus the two. Jacksonville plus the 12 in a seven-point teaser. Lions minus the two. I like it. I do like it, Tim. And Jacksonville plus the 12. We're going to know how his bet is looking in just a few hours. <laughs> right? In like, you know, like six hours, we're going to kind of know where Tim sits with that. So, Chris has Green Bay money line. The Timmy teaser is Lions minus two, Jacksonville plus 12. And it leaves it to me. I had a couple of options to go in here. I don't usually like to give teasers and things like that. I was going to get a little cute. I'm not going to do that. Look, I, I, I'm just going with the idea that I think that I, I like the game plan for both of these teams. And I'm going with Kansas City and Minnesota under the 54 points. Like I said, you can find it at about 53, 54. It is 54 right now. That's the number we're going at. Kansas City, their defense has been really impressive to me this year. No team has scored more than 21 points. And Minnesota can't run the ball. They're a one-dimensional team. McDuffie's going to be on Jefferson. And I think that he's going to be able to kind of contain him a little bit. If Nick Bolton comes back, I like this bet even more. But even without him, I like what the Chiefs have been doing. And offensively, what the Chiefs have been doing is, is they are running the ball more. They're not looking to get into these shootouts right now. They are running the ball effectively. Minnesota's defense hasn't been great. Uh, but you can run on them more than throw on them. 
which feeds into dragging the clock, running the ball. I'll take under 54 points between Kansas City and Minnesota. So I got Casey under. Uh, Casey Minnesota under. Timmy Teaser is locked in. Green Bay tomorrow night or Monday night, I'm sorry, for Chris Wynn. That is our best bets, guys. You want to send them in over at Heatwave Sports or at Tom Barton Sports over on the X, over on the Twitter. Uh, we always kind of keep in control, and we're going to give give lots of props out there to any of the listeners who, who start to get on a little bit of streak. That's why I said V-Smack. He's 3-1 and one as well. Guys, go check out all my plays. I have a couple upper-level plays on the board for tomorrow at TomBartonSports.com. With me, it's very simple. I went 3-0 last week, guys. I'm 11-5 in the NFL season. TomBartonSports.com. If you jump on board with me, you get 30 days from your start date. Not like the rest of October. 30 days of every play that I give out. I had a baseball play today. I had four college football plays today. Three NFL games tomorrow. You're going to get it all every single day for one low price. One sign-up subscription price, and that's it. There's no sales calls ever calling your house. There's no upgrades. There's no commissions. There's no, well, you're not a part of the premium package. There's none of that. Get every play that I play, and I play every one of them. I can show you my tickets at TomBartonSports.com. You owe it to yourself to go out there and give me a chance. If you guys don't want to go out there, you don't want to spend the $200 for 30 days, uh, no problem. We have a package. You get three days, which means you'll get all of tomorrow's football plays, all of the Monday games, and all the Tuesday games for $25. For $25, come and see how I do business at TomBartonSports.com. $25. That's, I mean, let's be honest. You're paying DoorDash uh, and, and Grubhub just to deliver that much money. Come and check this out. I can change what you guys do. I could change your betting lives at TomBartonSports.com. Not only winning in the fashion that I win, which I consistently win, but also the way that I do business. Taking the black eye off of this business. At TomBartonSports.com, we do things with integrity. We do things with honesty. And we consistently win. That is what TomBartonSports.com is all about. I'm giving you guys winners. I'm not telling you my games tomorrow are going to all of a sudden be better than the Powerball for $1.4 billion. I'm not that guy. What I am going to say is I went 3-0 last week. I went 11-5 this year. That's documented. That is documented by outside sources. That means that you could verify. You could see my plays right after they go off. Everything that I do is so every single person in this business, every single person in this industry cannot question Am I faking things? Am I giving double-sided games? Am I doing any of that? No, I'm winning. That's what I do. Forget about the marketing, the talking heads, and the people that go out there and say that they're winning. Let them show you. Ask them for their last 10 years worth of plays, because I have it. Ask them to go to a separate monitoring site, and can I see your plays right after they go off? Yeah, I have it. That's TomBartonSports.com, guys. Tomorrow night, we'll be back. We're going to talk about more baseball. I want to get Timmy's opinion on... Maybe this is the last time we ever see Clayton Kershaw. Are the Dodgers and Braves in really that much trouble? We'll go over all of the NFL games and preview Las Vegas, Green Bay. Talk about a must win. I think Vegas, if you want any chance at a playoff this year, the Raiders have got to win that game. Jordan Love, you can't have this guy come in there and steal a win in Las Vegas. You want to stay in this contest, you guys got to do that. So we're going to have a lot of Monday Night Football talk as well. And we may touch on a little NHL. It's going to be opening day. All of a sudden, hockey is upon us as well. 
Guys, make sure you go check us out at TomBartonSports.com. Heatwave Sports, HW Sports over on Twitter, at TomBartonSports over on Twitter as well. Have a very good night, everybody.